Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, good morning. Coming to you from the Doghouse Recording Studio today. A um, little bit of a difference, not that it actually makes any difference to any of you listeners. Um, but not in my current home settings, so we may have some interludes from the big man Dagger himself, because he's sitting right next to me. Um, but guys, today I'm coming on to talk to you about some of the low-hanging fruits that we can utilize and optimize in regards to our physique development or our health or our progression within whatever it is that we're searching to achieve, whether that be fat loss, whether that be muscle gain, whether that be just a general better holistic lifestyle. Um, There are many factors and variables in regards to someone's daily routine or someone's daily habits that we're probably overlooking and can actually be utilized and used very easily and very effectively and have maximal returns in regards to areas of progression. Now, a lot of these are going to sound really obvious and um probably like I'm teaching you how to suck eggs, but I'm hoping that you know coming on and doing this podcast today is actually going to enlighten and, and, and shed some light on some of the factors that we're potentially missing and also neglecting because I, I feel that in this industry we're very much Enhance, um, sorry, not enhanced. We are all enhanced. <laughs> Fuck's sake. We're attracted by the shiny kind of like exciting modalities such as PDs or supplements or what's the best brand for this or what's the best supplement for this or, you know, what's the best method of doing this. Um, and of course, there are supplements and, um, additives that we can put in regards to our programming and nutrition and supplements that are going to aid and are going to help. But I've done a podcast on this previously in the past of focusing on the X, X, Ys and Zs before someone nails the A, Bs and Zs. So these low hanging fruits all come at no cost. They're not going to cost you anything. You're not going to have to pay hundreds of pounds in supplements. You're not going to have to do endless amounts of work. It's nothing that causes any stress. It's just being more mindful and approaching situations differently, which is actually going to lead to much more returns, much more progression, much more um, adaptation. Now, what and why these things seem to be neglected so much or or why they seem to be overlooked. I'm not too sure. Personally, I think it's more of a mindset thing. I think where people will look at it and go, well, that's easy, or or that doesn't make a difference. They then get overlooked because they're not these big, extravagant, complicated, complexity, like data analysis within hormone balancing and androgenic and estrogenic side effects of this compound, which correlates to the synergists of this compound. And, and, and people get excited about that stuff. And quite rightly, it is very exciting and it sounds really cool. But there are so much more simple aspects that we could be nailing, which will lead to a much better, like harmonious place for your progress to happen. That when you do put those 
synergistically cool compounds that do the cool scientific stuff, yeah, it's going to work even better. Why would you not want to do that? Why would you not want to amplify that? Why would you not want to magnify those things? So this is where the low-hanging fruits and just the nice simple things that I'm going to introduce today are going to hopefully come into effect and going to shed some light in regards to the progression. So guys, I'm going to talk about lifestyle first of all and your stress management. So a conversation I have a lot with many people is, oh, I've had a really stressful day today. Okay, we can't take away some levels of stress, but we have to recognize that stress is going to impact a large portion of our progression. If we spend the vast majority of our lives stressed, stress hormones are going to be elevated, digestion is going to be impaired, sleep's going to be in a shit spot, mood's going to be down, therefore enjoyment to anything is going to be down, therefore temptation for the majority of things are going to be higher, such as not going to the gym, such as missing meals, such as having off-plan meals when we're not supposed to. So having the most productive and least amount of stress in your life is advantageous to a massive degree. Now, your body has no correlation as to what stress or where stress comes from and the differences between them. So you have an argument with your loved one, stress. You stub your toe, stress. Like you get a letter through the post that you're not happy about, stress. Training, stress. Food management and eating poor sources of food, which cause digestive inflammation, stress. Your body doesn't know the difference between them. It just knows that stress is stress and it has the same response for all of them. So managing those stress factors as well as can be is essential. You know, if you're in a job that causes a shit ton of stress, it's not as simple as finding a new job, but look at things, look at other aspects, look at other avenues, look at other prospects that you could potentially do. If you wake up one morning and you feel absolutely fucking hammered into the ground, don't be a hero. You're not going to sit there and go, oh, do you know what? On my program, it says that I'm supposed to train push today. You're fucking tired. You're stressed. Take a day off. Take a rest day. Train push tomorrow. It's going to make no difference. Your body is just going to be stressed. You're not going to recover. You're not going to perform. You know, having these massive states of elevated stress throughout your period of day is going to massively impact your recovery. And that's where we progress. That's where we grow. That's where we adapt. Not in the gym. Like, yes, the gym is a tool and part of what we do. And yes, it is a necessary function to create the adaptive responses of growth, fat metabolization, fat loss, you know, all the things that we're looking for. But it's not the place where the magic happens. So the other aspect of it is training is probably one of the most stressful things we can do. It's creating physical damage. It's, you know, in a nutshell, self-harm. We are literally creating damage and then expecting our body to recover from it. So the more we do in the gym, the more damage and more stress we're going to create. Now, are you balancing that pendulum? Are you balancing those scales and creating the best possible place for damage and recovery? You know, are you tipping the scales more one way? Are you you literally hammering yourself seven days in the gym and then expecting your body to recover when you've got no time to recover because you're working and you're stressed and you're not sleeping properly? So we need to make sure that we're putting our body in a harmonious place to create that adaptive response. So that's a quick one on stress management. 
Now, as we're on the topic of training, again, we dive into doing too much. And this is something that I see all too often is that, uh, particularly you guys, you're like, oh, I love the high volume stuff. I love just training to failure. I love doing as much as I physically can because I feel rewarded from it. You know, I train every day. I train arms, chest, shoulders, back, delts, arms, chest, <laughs> little bit of legs, some abs. Like, are we doing too much for our body to recover from? And this is something that I think that we have to be honest with ourselves. And I think potentially a lack of understanding comes within this as well. So maybe another podcast for another day to talk about kind of managing fatigue and managing recovery and training volume. But a quick one is tracking your progress, tracking your lifts, tracking your your sessions is probably one of the easiest and most fundamental aspects of training progression is how do you know that you're getting better? How do you know you're getting stronger if you're not tracking those lifts? How do you know that your body is responding well if you're not tracking these lifts? So, you know, let's let's set this up in a simple example here. So you've got your training program, you've got your... Um, start point, you know what you're lifting, you know what you're training, you know how many sets and reps you're doing. Each session you go into the gym, we want to be progressing those sessions. Now, not by 10, 20 kilos because it's not possible. Um, we're looking at increasing by a rep to two reps each session. And then once you hit your maximal rep ranges, then we would slightly increase the weight, but by the smallest amount possible because the body doesn't know what five kilos is or 10 kilos is. It just knows it requires more stress, more pressure, more intensity. So if we can increase that weight by a 0.01 or a 0.02, the body is going to recognize that that takes more stress. It's going to need more strength. It's going to need more muscles. Therefore, it's going to pack on the pounds. It's going to pack on the growth if we're providing the right harmonious place for that to happen. If we add on 5, 10 kilos at a time, one, we're going to be putting way more pressure on the central nervous system. We're going to be requiring way more for the body to be responding to. And it's going to put us in a much more detrimental spot. Now, arguably, your body will respond and adapt to 0.01 as it would 10 kilos. But we've got 9.9 .9 kilos worth of load more on top of that increase if we're going for the heavier weight, which is going to add on more pressure to your joints, more pressure to your central nervous system, more fatigue, arguably for what transition? Your body's not going to go, right, well, this is 0.01 kilos and this is 10 kilos. I'm now going to give you 10 kilos worth of more muscle for doing that. It's not going to do that. It's just going to recognize this one's heavier. It's going to create more fatigue. I need to respond to it and I need to grow to it exactly the same as what it would with a 0.1 but what you're doing is trading off the longevity of how far you can push that weight how much you can progress that weight if we take in for example the 0.01 how long are you going to be able to progress that 0.01 in slow increments up to a 10 kilos we're talking like weeks maybe months that's months of continuous growth months of continuous progression now, pull it back. How long are we going to be able to create the same adaptive response jumping up in 10 kilo increments? You're going to burn out after a couple of weeks or you're going to reach the point where you can't do any more because 
what, four weeks in or 40 kilos up. I'm not sure about you, but no one's progressing that much unless they're banging fucking like bottles of D-Bowl. And I do not recommend that either. Um, <laughs> that's not the answer, guys. Low-hanging fruits, remember. Um, you have no low-hanging fruit. You, you bang that much D-Bowl. Lads, you know what I mean. Um, in regards to the training progression, let's put it back. Let's get serious. You can't sustain that level of improvement and it it is just crazy you will end up injuring yourself your central nervous system will be fried and again we pull it back to the stress factor you are going to be incredibly stressed because each session you're going to go into the session going fuck me i've got to add on another 10 10 kilos here how how am i going to do this this isn't this isn't doable and you know okay maybe like something like a leg press or something like that is cool but Try and do that with a chest press or try and do that with a lat raise. Nah, it ain't going to happen. Like, smallest increments possible. One rep here and there possible. Like, that's how we're going to be tracking. But pulling it back to actually tracking the lifts, you're writing down every session. You're looking back every session to see, right, okay, well, this is what I lifted last week. This is how many reps I got last week. Let's do the same weight, but let's add on another rep. Let's add on another two reps. Now, you do that over a period of sessions and over a period of weeks and a period of mesocycles, you're going to be adding on anywhere from 30 to 40 reps. Let's say it's a, it's a rep, a session, a session over a month, that's 30 reps, 30 reps added on to, say, a 10 kilo, that's 300 kilo, 300 kilo increase over the space of a month. See where I'm going with this? Increases, increases. Like, it's low-hanging fruits, very, very simple changes, very, very simple adjustments that are going to create very, very big adaptive responses and also gives you the ability to look back and say, okay, well, I was eating 2,500 calories last month and I was doing this much cardio, I was sleeping this much and I progressed this much in the gym. This is how strong I got. This is how much I adapted. This is how much I changed. This is the well, the changes that that brought Okay, let's add on another 600 calories this month and let's drop expenditure down a little bit. Let's put some more energy in the body and let's see how far I progress now. Let's keep in this volume the same. Let's try and progress the same. Did you get stronger? Were you able to progress more? And this is where you can really start collecting data and going, I actually, you know, this brought this response or this brought this change or this brought this on. You know, it's simple things like that that I think people overlook and go, oh, you know, What's the point in tracking? What's the point in like taking a logbook around? That that right there is the point of doing it because you can look back and you can predict and make trends. You can literally program your progression as simple as looking back and going, right, well, this brought this change. I'm going to do that again. Or do you know what? I want more. I'm going to add more. It's very, very simple. Okay, so moving into a daily routine or daily targets. This is something that... I'm very much an advocate of, um, I think, you know, not saying that every day has to be the same because you just end up living in Groundhog Day. If you're a bodybuilder and looking to be a very competitive bodybuilder, then yes, I do believe that the Groundhog Day is the best approach because you manage your variables much better, you manage the consistency of the day much better, and the body loves a routine. However, let's look at this from both spectrums, you know, we'll look at it from more of a holistic side as well. Routine just sets up your day perfectly. Now, 
The time you wake up and the time you go to sleep are probably the most important parts or aspects of your day. Sleep and wake cycles are essential to your body's circadian rhythm, your body's digestion, your mood, everything, everything. Like You fall into a perfect sleep cycle, everything becomes far more efficient, far more crisp, far more clear. Like You're not having them groggy mornings when you're waking up feeling like shit. You're not having those like real hyperactive, like hyper-responsive evenings where your mind is just a million miles an hour. You sleep, you sleep deeply, you sleep actively, actively, that makes no sense. <laughs> you sleep comfortably, you wake up fresh. And this is something that's going to massively set up your day to perfection. Now, what you do from the moment you wake up again is going to dictate your day. So are you snoozing alarms constantly? Are you setting alarms every five minutes for the first hour of waking up? Or are you up on that first alarm, ready to work, like ready to go? Up, out, done. And, and again, this is something that's going to set you up nicely. Like if you constantly snooze the alarm and you're falling back to sleep, waking up, falling back to sleep, waking up, that's stress. Like waking up is stressful to the body. If you took a hormone panel from half an hour before you woke up to half an hour after you woke up, stress hormones are elevated from waking up. So it can be an impactful moment for the day. We want to make sure that we're doing it in the best possible way, not adding more stress to that, not doing it in a panicking state, such as you know setting your alarm five minutes before you're supposed to be up, ready, like and out the door because you're going to be panicking and running around like a fucking fly. We want to make sure that you're putting yourself in this positive and and a happy environment first thing in the morning, like. Who the fuck wants to wake up stressed as shit? Like, that gives me anxiety. I want to wake up probably, to be fair, I do, every morning. My alarm is set at 5 o'clock. I wake up at 4.45 all the time. You know, I'll open my eyes. I'll kind of lay there for a bit. And what I do is um, gratitude or, or, or into like positive thinking or positive affirmations. I think about all the positive things that I want to do for the day. And I think about all the things that I'm grateful for. And then I'll get up. I won't set another alarm. I won't snooze. I won't close my eyes. I won't go back to sleep. I'll literally just get up and start the day. And the first thing that I do is go for a walk, clear my head, get out, get some daylight exposure, get some like clear oxygen into the lungs. And I think about the way I breathe when I'm walking. Nice, pretty fast pace and just get as much oxygen in through nasal breathing as I possibly can. Again, nasal breathing is a completely separate subject, but very beneficial. If you're interested, go and look at the studies. Um, and I have a rule that I have to hit 6,000 steps before 7 a.m. So that is my morning. And when I'm doing that, I'm listening to maybe a podcast or replying to some emails or messages that I have from the night before or from clients from the night before. Um, and then I get home and I just have like a chilled period of time where I just sit, relax, have a coffee away from my phone. Don't respond to any messages. Just have some me time before I have a shower and then get on to check-ins or whatever it is that I'm doing for that day. Um, and I have the same set routine. Obviously, I'm an online coach. I don't have working hours, but I set working hours. So I start work, well, to be fair, like what I class as work is being in the office. So I start work at 7.30, 7.45, and my finishing time in the office is eight o'clock in the evening. I'll make sure that 
that's my kind of office hours. Obviously, yes, I'm on the phone and doing things and replying to messages, but they're my set hours. So if, if we put that into someone's normal day, you have your working hours. You're not going to turn up to work late. You're not going to leave work early. Like They are your working hours. So what you do around that is going to dictate the positivity and productivity of your day. Make your day as productive as possible. So give yourself time in the morning so you're not rushing. Make sure that you're not late, so you're not rushing. Again, this is all stress. It's all leading to things like that. Make sure that if you've got targets or if you've got daily things that need to be ticked off, such as meals, such as steps, such as cardio, you're setting yourself up daily perfectly to have those things boxed off and ready. So you have your training window, you have your set training days, you have your cardio days. You know when you're doing these things. Don't just go into a day freestyle and go, ah, oh, shit, like it's Monday, I've got work, um, training legs, I've got 40 minutes of cardio, I've got 10K steps. Right. Let's just freestyle it. I'll do as many steps as I can throughout the day. I'm going to train after work. I'll tag cardio on afterwards and just roll with it and see what happens. Because what's going to happen? You're going to get to the end of the day. You're going to feel fucked. You might train legs. And then you'll be like, oh, shit, I've got 40 minutes of cardio. Let's hit some cardio. You might do all your cardio. You might not. You might get halfway through it and go, this is fucking hard after legs. Like, I'll do the rest another day. I'll add that extra 25 minutes onto tomorrow. And then you get home. You're like, oh, shit, I've only done six and a half thousand steps. Well, Let's go out for another walk. Before you know it, it's like 10, 11 o'clock. You've not meal prepped for the next day. And it's just going to happen again. You're just going to end up doing this repeat cycle of chasing your own ass, you know, constantly in what I call credit of cardio, of training sessions, of calories. So you're constantly burning the candle at both ends. What we want to do is just set your day up perfectly. So, you know, waking up with plenty of time on the clock before you go to work. So you can go, right, I'm going to go for a walk now. Or I'm going to do my cardio this morning. So 40, 40 minutes boxed off before you even start the day. Walk to the gym or do an additional walk. So there you've got steps done as well. The day's like, you know, started. And you're just like, right, cool, let's go. Like, cardio's done. Everything's boxed off. I'm ready to rock and roll. Go to work. Maybe train legs on your lunch break or train legs after work. Come back. Six and a half thousand steps. You've only got four done. Cardio's done. Ready to box off. Go for a little walk around the block or do what I do. I pace after each meal, which is going to lead on to the next low-hanging fruit of digestion. After every meal, I do one to two K steps. Done. Like It aids digestion, puts me in a good place, makes me feel good. I'm not falling asleep at my desk after each meal. Um, again, it's an easy way to just track up steps, aids digestion. And same, when you're training, instead of sitting down in between sets, walk, pace. You might look like an idiot pacing around the gym, but... Steps, active rest, man, it works. It does the trick. Like, we can always find more time. We can always be more active. You know, the idea is that when it comes around to the evening, we want to have as much time to just chill out and relax as possible because, again, low stress. Low stress environment creates a happy body, which creates more progression. So, on to the um, digestion, food behavior. So, this is something that I am an advocate of. Like, I love pacing. I know it sounds fucking stupid, but I'm a very active person. Um, I hate sitting still, very fidgety. I mean, I'm, I'm coming to you right now, sat at a desk, but I'm rocking backwards and forwards, swinging in the chair because I can't sit still. Like, I have to fidget all the time. That's just me, but I have to, uh, pacing. 
Pacing is something that I do, and anyone that knows me will know that I pace to an uncomfortable level. Like, people tell me to sit down all the time, and I just can't. So steps aren't an issue for me, but I know they are for most people. And, of course, if we've got very sedentary jobs or um, you know, working in an office or driving, for example, steps can be very difficult. So we need to, therefore, plan our day and put periods of time that we can get these steps in. Now, um, I completely appreciate, obviously, driving is very difficult, but I travel most weekends for shows. Um, that could be anywhere from one hours in the car to five hours in the car. I make sure that, obviously, if I've got meals, I pull over, eat the meal, and then at least have like a 20 to 30 minute walk around a car park. Yes, you do look like an idiot. People give you funny looks, but who cares? Um, walking around the car park to get my steps up and to aid digestion. Now, steps... There's many, many, many studies to show that active walking or steps after a meal can aid digestion. Um, and I believe there's a study to say that um, the, a walk after a meal is actually 40% better than any sort of digestive aid or glucose disposal agent that you could utilize in regards to a meal. And it's far more beneficial. And it, again, it's free. Like you're literally walking and you're gaining steps at the same time. Like why not do it? It makes more sense. Like it's, it's going to put money in your pocket. It's making things better. Very simple. Um, so yeah, and, and again, like going back to routine, setting your day up to perfection, going out for a walk first thing in the morning, doing the vast majority of your steps first thing in the morning, that in itself is going to set your day up. That in itself is going to do the vast majority of, of your steps. I know the 6K that I do in the morning is more than enough to see me through for the rest of the day. Everything that I do after that is just addition because I know that I don't have to now actively look at my phone and go, oh, fuck, I've got more steps to do today. I know if I've done that 6K in the morning, whatever I do for the rest of the day, I'm easily going to be able to get it done. It's not a stress. I'm not thinking, oh, great, you know, I'll get home or do this or, you know, finish a podcast or finish a check-in. And I'm like, great, I've got another 10K steps to do for the rest of the day. Unless Joe ups it which is a potential in the next coming weeks. Um, but I will make sure that I balance it in a routine somewhere else. Um, and that's what it's all about. It's the planning and routine and making sure that you have those things in the right place. So anyway, let's get back to digestion. So food. People think that food is the answer to everything. You know, you are what you eat. I've seen that flown around for years now. And it actually couldn't be more wrong. You're not what you eat. Like everybody can eat vast amounts of food, but is your body utilizing and absorbing those nutrients from that meal? Are you getting the most out of those meals? You know, are you putting yourself in a prime position to utilize the nutrients from that food? And what I mean by this is it, it, you're not what you eat, but you are what you can absorb from the food you eat. Now, um, one of the most common kind of um, setbacks that I have with new clients within their intake forms is that they say that they struggle with um, IBS symptoms or or have symptoms of IBS. Um, now, I think this is something that's kind of been potentially thrown around in kind of the medical industry a little bit too loosely in that you know, as soon as someone comes with um, an inflammatory response in their digestive system or pain or discomfort, then instantly it must be IBS. 
Uh, and nine times out of 10, again, referring back to the low hanging fruit, these things can be managed and corrected through food behavior and digestion. So the, the most simple ones is if a food doesn't agree with you, don't eat it. And I know that sounds so fucking stupid, but the amount of people that I speak to that they're like, yeah, um, dairy really doesn't agree with me. Like it bloats me out like fuck. Like my stomach really hurts. I get really like uncomfortable from it. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm guessing you're not eating it. No, 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 I'm still eating it. Why? <laughs> Why? It tastes good. Yeah. It might fucking taste good, but your body is giving you clear warning signs that it does not want it. It doesn't enjoy it. It's not utilizing it. And, and what we have to kind of acknowledge here as well is that if your body is showing warning signs that you can visually see, such as lower abdominal swelling, pain, discomfort, flatulence that fucking could clear a room, or you're absolutely destroying the toilet then imagine what's going on inside and also imagine what is actually being prevented. So with all this going on, the next meal you have or even the next day's worth of meals you have, are they really going to be utilized and absorbed to the best possible way? No, probably not because your body's dealing with the stress from the dairy you've plowed into the system. So as obvious as it sounds, listen to the signs that your body gives. If there's foods that don't agree with you, which create bloating, flatulence, discomfort, pain, acid reflux, the likeness is those foods need to be changed. And they can be adapted and swapped and switched around for things that your body does agree with. Everybody's different. Everybody has a different level of microbiome in the gut, which kind of aids that healthy gut bacteria um, and creates a better place for digestion. So there is no one size fits all. There is no, these are superfoods or these are healthy foods. It's the foods that you can digest and eat and enjoy and the body can utilize as well. Not just what you want because we'd all love to fucking diet on, you know, shit tons of cheese and McDonald's and whatever it is, but they're not going to aid us and digestively, we're not going to be able to utilize them either. So listening to the signs that the body gives, um, but also how we eat our food. And this is something that my clients will also back me on, that I, I preach and drill as much as possible. If you're rushing a meal and literally shoveling it in your face as fast as you possibly can while you're on the go or while you're driving or you know while you're walking or while you're working, you're not paying attention to the meal. You're not giving the meal and the digestive period the attention that it needs. Now, this can impact your body's ability to utilize that nutrients. You're eating in a high state of stress, which is going to impact your rate of absorption. It's going to impact your gut mobility. It's going to impact the actions of what takes place within the gut. Release of chemicals such as MLAs, such as pepsin. You know, these are all things that are going to help break down the nutrients and the food that is in your mouth. You know, if you're not chewing your food and you're literally just chew, chew, swallow, like how much of an inflammatory response is that going to have inside the gut? Because the digestive system has to do double the amount of work to break down the food that you haven't chewed. Like chewing is a massive part of the digestive process. We have teeth for a reason. It's to break down the food so that when we swallow it, 
the gut has less work to do to utilize that food and break it down from a chemical point of view and absorb it into the stomach lining and into the bloodstream. That's what digestion is. So if we're not chewing our food properly, we're making more work for the body, more stress. Like it, it all boils down to this making things easier and making things more manageable. And I, I don't know if it's laziness. I don't know if it's lack of understanding. I don't know if it's this constant rush and environment that we're now in that time is money and we don't have time to do things and that you know we need to always be on the go and always doing things like it's not always the case and again i'm going to use myself as an example here because i know many people think it's a weird habit but it's actually benefited my progress and aided my um, progression and recovery and digestion like tenfold and it's something that i can't recommend enough i have my set meal times exactly the same every single day and obviously i know some people can't afford to do that because of shift changes and life things and i know that i'm not expecting that but as close to as possible is absolutely fine like if you're eating everything different every day and i mean talking like one day you eat every three hours the next day you don't eat for 12 hours and then cram all your meals at the end of the day and then the next day you have breakfast but then skip the rest of the day and have a takeaway that's going to lead to some shit but for me i keep my meal times exactly the same every single day um my body knows when those meals are coming my body knows when the routine is there it's it's ready it's hungry i can tell you the time of day without even having a clock because I know how I feel at set times. I know how hungry I am at set times. I can literally be like right now, it's, it's like, it's probably around 8.10 to 8.20 because I'm getting hungry. And I, I start cooking at around 8.30. Um, I'm sitting back in my chair and looking up at the ceiling, so I actually have no idea what the time is. Um, <laughs> this is how Brad podcasts. Kicks back in a recliner chair and just looks up at the ceiling, spinning around in a circle. There you go. That's, that's your visual. I'm going to look at the time. 8.18. So yeah. Bang on. I thought it was a little bit earlier, actually. But anyway, besides the point. But what I do is I build my routine around that. So I know these are the times I eat. This is the time I train. And I work around that. So I'm giving myself enough time for everything else around it so that I can prep. I can chill. I can relax. I can be active. I can be functional. But what I do around my meal times is I make sure that I'm in the best possible mindset for that meal. And I know this sounds so fucking daft. But when I'm eating that meal, I want my body to be chilled, relaxed, calm, ready to do what it needs to do, which is eat and digest it needs to absorb that meal so i take myself away from work i take myself away from anything that's going to be too neurologically stimulating um, such as my phone such as the laptop um, i put myself in a chilled different room so not a work environment um, you know particularly just a nice setting that's comfortable and relaxed and i just focus on eating the meal and i eat that meal slow don't fucking shovel it in. And uh, this is, I know bodybuilders have the piss taken out, out of them about eating with a teaspoon, but I actually couldn't agree more with that mindset. And not because it makes the food last longer from a Moorish perspective, but it makes the food last longer from a digestive perspective. It makes you and forces you to eat slower because you're having smaller mouthfuls. You're having smaller spoonfuls. Therefore, you're focusing more on chewing that spoonful. It's less stress 
for the body than having a fucking shovel going in every second and then you're literally just swallowing it like it's soup. Like, take your time to digest the food. Take your time to utilize what's in front of you because at the end of the day, that's your fuel. That's what's going to provide the progression, the energy, the sustainability for your next few sessions, your next days coming up. If you're not utilizing that food, if you're not putting in the, the best possible fuel in the best possible way, then you're not going to get the most bang for your buck. And you know the, the best way I can kind of give you an analogy on this one is that you don't put 20 pound of petrol in your car and then fill the rest up with water or you don't hold the pump on while it's fucking pissing out all over the place and then put it in the tank and then take it out still holding the, the nozzle on because you're going to fucking piss petrol everywhere. You want to utilize as much of that petrol as possible because it's fucking expensive, right? And you want it all in the car. Same as food. Like, what's the point in shoveling it all in your body as fast as possible, swallowing it, and then five minutes later, yep, done, on we go, and then straight back to work because... Your body's not going to utilize that food very, very well. And you'll probably find this, that first thing in the morning, you have the most monstrous unload possible. Loose stool, uncomfortable, it fucking stinks. And that's just because your body hasn't absorbed any of that nutrients. It's literally just going, yep, get it out, because it's literally just sat there. Um, we want to make sure that, and again, it's, it's telltale signs. Your shit will tell you what's going on. <laughs> don't ignore it, like, if you literally offend yourself with the smell, something's wrong, if you literally wake up in the morning, like, clenching your butt cheeks, because you've got to run to the toilet, again, something's wrong, same with the day, like, if you've got constant loose stools, something's not right, like, we need to change that, like, your body will tell you telltale signs, so, Guys, this is some of the low-hanging fruits that we can be utilizing and picking and enjoying and leading us to far, far, far better progress. And like I've said, none of that, what I've mentioned, will cost you a thing. None of that will cause any stress, harm, or any difficulty to anything. It's actually all very, very simple, very, very easy, and very, very manageable but will lead to such a mad level of progression, you won't even recognize the difference. So guys, as always, thank you very much for tuning in. Any questions, any details, or anything you want me to dive into any deeper, please do not hesitate to ask. Much love, stay blessed, and I will see you all soon.